0: Hello, and welcome to Stress Better, a podcast where you'll learn how to stay healthy and keep going even when life is stressful. I'm Dr. Kate Lizinga-Dean, functional medicine consultant and your host, and I'm so glad you're joining us. In his best-selling book, The End of Alzheimer's, Dr. Dale Bredesen says that one of the reasons Alzheimer's disease inspires such dread is because it is worse than fatal. Alzheimer's disease not only robs its victims of their lives, but it also robs them of their humanity, sometimes decades before death. Dementia is not only dreadful for the individual, but it's also horrific for the families of those who suffer. And rates of dementia and Alzheimer's are on the rise. The number of adults aged 40 years and older living with dementia worldwide is expected to nearly triple from an estimated 57 million in 2019 to 153 million in 2050. And one in five women will develop Alzheimer's in their lifetime. Despite all of this, there are very few drug treatments available for dementia and the ones that are available don't do much, if anything, except very slightly slow the progression of symptoms. I know all of this is a huge bummer But don't stop watching yet. I promise we'll get to the really important, really good news in just a minute. So hang in there. This is stuff you need to know. Because of all of these bad statistics, a functional medicine approach focuses on preventing dementia and Alzheimer's disease by stopping the problem before it starts. Think of it this way. You could take the conventional approach, watching and waiting as symptoms of cognitive decline slowly increase. Symptoms like short-term memory loss, trouble recognizing people, mental fatigue, poor reading recall, decreasing vocabulary, mixing up words, increasing anxiety, and sleep disruption. Or you could start using evidence-based strategies that significantly decrease the risk of developing dementia now. Because with Alzheimer's the underlying disease process is going on for 15 to 20 years before symptoms show up, after which they become very difficult to reverse. A functional medicine approach also recognizes that there's rarely just one cause for chronic diseases. Instead, there are many interrelated triggers and imbalances that together result in dysfunction of multiple body systems. Alzheimer's and dementia fits that pattern. There are many types and causes, but research is showing similar risk factors for all types, and vitamin D deficiency is one of them. Did you know that over 40% of North Americans are vitamin D deficient, and that even more have suboptimal levels of this key micronutrient? Given how many functions vitamin D performs in the body, it's a little alarming that most doctors don't pay attention to it and rarely test for it. Vitamin D acts as both a pro-hormone and a neurotransmitter, which is part of the reason it's so crucial for maintaining positive moods and motivation. It activates more than 250 enzymes in the body, and it interacts with your DNA to turn on over 900 genes. Yes, your genes can be turned on and turned off. Some of the genes that vitamin D turns on affect bone formation, suppress tumor formation, and reduce inflammation. Vitamin D also turns on genes that are responsible for creating and maintaining nerve connections in the brain called synapses, which, as you can imagine, is one of the major underlying issues in the case of nerve and brain diseases like dementia. Low vitamin D levels make it difficult for the brain to clean itself in general, as well as clear out beta amyloid plaques, a hallmark sign of Alzheimer's disease. What do we consider low vitamin D? Well, in functional medicine, we're not satisfied with just enough levels. We want optimal levels. That seems obvious, right? If you're barely in the normal range for a crucial micronutrient like vitamin D, you can expect to barely function normally. And if stress, infection, or injury comes along, and your levels are barely normal, then you don't have reserves to make up for additional needs, which can lead to further problems. You'll see in a minute how much of a difference this makes. Physicians used to think that 20 to 30 nanograms per milliliter was healthy, but updated recommendations suggest that 50 to 90 nanograms per milliliter is needed for the body to have ample amounts of vitamin D to work with. Some functional medicine doctors increase that minimum to 75 nanograms per milliliter as a person ages, or if they have a tendency to neurologic conditions, ranging from depression to dementia. Since vitamin D does so much to maintain brain health, it's not surprising that cutting-edge research is finding a strong connection between low levels and dementia. A study published in 2022 found that participants with severe vitamin D status, which they considered below 25 nanomoles per liter, had a 54% higher risk of dementia compared to those within the range of 50 to 75.9 nanomoles per liter. Using a bunch of fancy statistics, the researchers determined that 17% of dementia cases could be prevented by correcting vitamin D levels. Think about that for a second. That means that over 1 million people in the United States alone could potentially avoid dementia if they simply monitored and increased their levels of vitamin D, one of the most widely available and inexpensive micronutrients out there. Another study followed more than 1,600 elderly adults for over five years to assess risk factors for developing dementia. Those with vitamin D levels below 25 nanograms per milliliter had more than double the risk of developing dementia than those who had levels over 50 nanograms per milliliter. Even those who fell into the 25 to 50 range had 51% more chance of developing dementia. So why are so many people low in vitamin D? There are several reasons, most of which are related to diet and lifestyle your body is supposed to make most of your vitamin D using sunlight. Just beneath the surface of your skin, a compound called 7-dehydrocholesterol, or 7-DHC, is transformed into vitamin D3 when it comes into contact with UV rays from the sun. This is all fine and good in theory, but there are several practical roadblocks to this process. First, most people spend 90% of their day indoors, making it next to impossible to get the quantity of sunlight exposure needed to make enough vitamin D. And if you live above 37 degrees latitude, those UV rays can't get to you outside of the summer months, making it even tougher. Even if you do spend all summer at the beach, you're likely wearing sunscreen to protect your skin from overexposure to UV rays, which also inhibits production of vitamin D. Add to that the fact that older folks have lower concentrations of 7-DHC in their skin, and you've got a recipe for deficiency. As if this weren't enough, certain chronic health conditions can make it difficult to absorb vitamin D from your food. Conditions like celiac disease, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, cystic fibrosis, and some liver diseases, as well as post-gastric bypass surgery. And common medications also deplete vitamin D, including statins, steroids, and certain diuretics. Do you know your vitamin D status? Have you asked your doctor to check your levels? They don't always do it automatically. If not, that's the first step. If you find that your levels are at or below that magic 50 nanograms per milliliter, it's absolutely time to get them up. How can you improve your vitamin D levels? Some might suggest simply getting more sunlight, but there's a catch to that strategy, It's true that 30 minutes of direct sun exposure on arms, legs, and face three times a week is theoretically enough to maintain vitamin D levels. But those same UV rays that hit your skin and turn 7-DHC into vitamin D3 also cause skin cancer, which is why it's important to wear sunscreen or sun-protective clothing to block UV rays if you're going to be out in the sun for a prolonged period of time. This also means that you're not going to be making vitamin D3 and need to find another source. High-fat, oily fish have decent amounts of dietary vitamin D, which is why some folks take cod liver oil as a vitamin D support. Some examples are wild-caught salmon, sardines, anchovies, and herring. (laughs) I know, these aren't high on most people's list of daily snacks, but if you're looking for food-based sources, these are the best. Contrary to popular opinion, dairy products like milk and cheese aren't great sources of vitamin D. They have much lower levels than most people think. And vitamin D-fortified foods are typically highly processed, and so they should be avoided for general health reasons. That leaves supplementation, which is by far the most efficient and effective way to raise and maintain optimal vitamin D levels. I recommend supplementing with vitamin D3 specifically, at a dose of 5,000 to 10,000 international units if your levels are below 50 nanograms per milliliter. Since vitamin D is fat-soluble and can oxidize if it's not protected during production and packaging, it's important to choose a high-quality, third-party tested product. I'll put a link to my favorite trusted vitamin D supplements in the show notes for you to check out. P.S., if you purchase through my skip link, you'll get 20% off. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Don't forget to check the show notes for more science based, actionable, functional medicine well being resources. And stay tuned for more stress better strategies right here, coming soon. Bye!